over when you go to episode four of Take It Black. I'm Jack Lattimore. And welcome. I am Jaden Perry. I'm filling in for Ray Johnson for this week's episode of Take It Black. Good to have you on deck, Jaden. And it's a pleasure to also have NITV Radio's Kerry Lee Harding back to join the conversation this week. Waibu, Kerry Lee. What a morning, my brothers. Good to be here. Now, Ray Johnson isn't out this week, and Jordan Perry is an inclusion off the bench because we're talking footy, Kerry Lee. Yeehaw! Uh, Jordan <laughs> is, of course, the host of NITV's Over the Black Dot, as well as being a senior editor in the NITV newsroom. And, of course, we've had the Indigenous All-Stars match played last weekend, Saturday night, up on the Gold Coast. And that means that the dot must be due back on our screen soon, Jordan. <laughs> yes, it is, mate. Yes, it is. I never never get used to hearing it. It's called The Dot, but The Dot is back. Tuesday the 17th of March on your screens. All the familiar faces will be there. Myself, Tamana Tahu, Big Georgie Rose and Bo De La Cruz, of course. Good lineup. Oh, mate, great lineup. We, we've tweaked things a little bit uh, this year. I mean, our, our, our viewers will see uh, tweaks to the format, but we'll have some different segments. We've got um, the great Dean Witters, Armadale's finest. He'll be out and about in the community, uh, bringing us some community yarns and, you know, seeing how local footy teams are going and some important players uh, through the bush. That'll go well, that one. Already. Mate, it will. It will It will sell like hotcakes, as they say. Uh, and Bode La Cruz, she's got a new segment too. It's called The Hot Dot. The Hot Dot. Um, I'll give you a guess what it's about before I tell you. Anyone want to throw something out there? Kerry Lee. Oh, I don't want to give away my guess, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to hear mine. <laughs> no, it's not what you think. Anyway, uh, she gets she gets the uh, NRL players in and she will uh, feed them chilies while asking them questions. So the chilies go up in intensity, as do the questions. So she puts it right on them when their um, mouths are really burning. Well, the Louisiana Reaper. That's yeah. hectic. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've seen a bit of a sneak peek because they got a few of the boys for the All-Stars. A couple of the brothers got in there... Um, really well. A couple of them absolutely got too frightened and wouldn't do it. I'm not mentioning any <laughs> names. Fox. Fox. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't so, shame them, eh? Don't yeah. shame them. <laughs> now, but we'll be back um, in a couple of weeks now. Should be a pretty, pretty very high profile um, special guest at the um, first show. I might reveal that later in the show. Kerry Lee, are you a bit of a footy fan? Absolutely. I love my NRL, my AFL. Don't mind a bit of a soccer. I'm a Liverpool fan. So am I. I love a bit of everything. True. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. There you go. And you're a Cows fan, you were saying earlier. Yeah, Cowboys, because I'm a Townsville girl, traditional owner for Townsville Mob, so um, from up that way, of course, I have to be a Cowboys fan. Of course, I'm a bit of a Melbourne Storm fan as well yeah, because, get on you know, we, they're a deadly team. Yeah, they Jordan have been for years. Yeah, we heard that sigh, Jaden. Um, There's been a bit of news coming out of you, the Cows paddock. There has way. been a bit of news come out. We've got a brand new stadium. You know how much it costs to build? Oh, 10 bucks. Oh, lots of millions, like something like $250 million. Oh. And it was unveiled last weekend. But just before that, on the Friday, so last Friday, there was a new statue unveiled of our hero, our local legend, Jonathan Thurston. Yeah, good move. Good, good oh, move. JT, as we know him as. You know, he's doing great things off the field now. How good is his commentary? Hey? Well, he's going he's all right. Well, even if he was bad, a bad eh? commentator, he could just laugh anyway <laughs> and get him through. And smile. That's it, eh? Pretty, is pretty he contract, is he, he must have a contract. Otherwise, he'd be on NITV dot, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. He'd have the um, no-compete with the yeah, nine yeah. contract. But um, very, very good over. news. It's hard, it's hard to hate the Cowboys. They're a good side. But um, that stadium, that, there's a lot of beans going into that, Kerry. I mean, they want to start way. winning some games. 
Well, that's it, eh? We want to get up there. Yeah, big new stadium, big new statue. And um, apparently when the statue was uh, actually placed um, in in the area where it was just outside the stadium, JT was there on the day and there's a football on the ground of the statue and JT actually placed that football in while it was being built. You see, isn't yeah, that a right. beautiful thing? It Mad. is. I thought you were about to say he went up and kicked it and broke his foot. (laughs) Kicked one of them goals. Well, it was actually off the back of, um, of course, uh, the... That match that he won, uh, the 2015 Premiership, in which mm. he sealed that match with the field goal in a golden point. So it's actually figure um, based. The statue is based yeah, off yeah. that actual I play from the game. game. I was there. Are you, you there? there? Yeah. What I, I, a moment! I'm a Die Hard Raiders fan, but um, I cried when he wow. kicked that goal. Yeah. Yeah, my I'll my, tell you my, that. my missus cried as well. She's not even a footy fan. <laughs> it's terrific. Yeah, it was a great oh, story. It was beautiful. Beautiful yarn. First time two black captains head-to-head in the NRL Grand Final, of course. Shout out to the brother, Hodger. Now, mm. Cows had a bit of a win in the Nines tournament that was on, the 2020 Nines tournament that was recently played over there. And um, oh, did you follow something. any of that? I, I didn't follow any of that, no. no I'm flat out just following the National League. Oh, you, Jay? <laughs> I did, mate. I watched it all. Sat on, sat on my backside all weekend and soaked it up. Uh, the first footy of the year. Mate, the cows were terrific. They seem to have this nines format down pat. They've won the comp before, about five years ago, and they've always made the finals. They are electric. Uh, the biggest shout-out of them all is a young brother from the um, TI, Hamiso Tabwai-Fido, his name is. He's only 18 years old, tall, skinny fella, absolutely yeah. electric. They reckon he would give the Fox a run for his money in regards to pace. Oh, um, yeah. Everyone's probably seen it, yeah. The Fox is heading back up to Sydney. He's leaving the storm next year, so anyone that's quicker can come come down this way, eh? That's him. (laughs) Fox be going south, eh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they'll fit him under their cap. Um, Trial matches, there's been a few of those as well, Jays. What's going on in the the lead-up to kick-off of the NRL season proper? Oh, just a little bit. Um, you know, as fans, you can't read too much into trials. You just don't want your players going and getting hurt. So everyone's out there just sort of, you know, just working on getting their timing, making sure their tackles stick and all that. There's, there was a few last weekend. As I said, you can't read too much into them. St. George played the Knights, had a good win. Parramatta had a trial too. They've actually got a game against Penrith coming up. It's the Bushfire Relief game. So very good one there. They take it out Bush to uh, raise money. But the Charity Shield's coming up. That'll be a pretty good one to to sink your fangs into. South Sydney and St George, I think they're taking it out Bathurst. They're taking it out somewhere in the country, but um, they'll usually field some pretty good uh, sides for that. So mm. there's a, usually a decent form guide there because there's, there's a bit on the line in that. They always want to win. Mm. Well, that's we hear a lot about Bush Footy's appetite for getting more NRL games out there, and just even from NITV's perspective, is how much interest we get in bush footy and you know just the, lo- the lower leagues um so it's probably a, a bit of a strategic tilt from the nrl is that what's going on here? for sure for sure well that's their catchment that's their main catchment you know there's obviously that much competition for the codes throughout the cities but um you know bush new south wales queensland there's it's footy's footy's the lifeblood out there and that's especially for indigenous players too that's where most of our boys come from you know it's, yeah. not, it's not too yeah, many true, from the eh? metro areas mm. yeah. or bush fellas and Curry Knockout and the, the Murray Knockout as well, they uh, phenomenal interest um, whenever NITV gets behind it. Uh, what about the Dotter doing a little bit around the 
the knockouts this year? Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll have we'll have sort of a double-pronged attack. Like, as I mentioned, Dino, he'll be... I imagine he's going to be touching on all the knockout teams when he travels to these towns to talk to people. But uh, we're going to have a... I'm pretty sure we're going to have a no, knockout correspondent um, leading in towards when the knockout happens. I can't give too much away because nothing's been set in stone, but it could be someone that has a little bit to do with uh, last year's champions, the South Coast Cockatoos from oh. Narraway there. So My tip was Mungus. Sorry, Mungandai? Yeah. Nah, Mungandai. They didn't come through with the goods. Oh, yeah, South Coast. No moment. Too much passion, obviously, playing for the brother, James Wellington, there. They got through. Yeah, nice, nice. Look, um, we're going to discuss a couple of other footy-related things that tie in um, with all things rugby league, but particularly the All-Stars match uh, on field and the result. But I also want to talk about, a little bit later... Uh, the fact that the anthem was axed from the All-Stars. Uh, also, how Quaden Bales, that story that came out last week, carried through the weekend. He was invited to join the team uh, running out onto the field on Saturday night and also to touch on the Latrell-Mitchell contract saga. Uh, played out over the off-season. It was recently resolved when he joined the Rabbitohs. But let's get to the All-Stars results first, Jones. Yeah, not a good one um, for our boys. We got dusted. The Māori boys too strong. Um, on the actual game, I think, yeah, we, we might have just come out a little bit off the pace. Um, the Māori boys were really up for it. I, I imagine they were a bit wild about last year because when we played down in Melbourne, we dusted them. We, we ran through them and um, they had a lot of vigour and a lot of intent in everything they did, especially their big forwards. Throughout the game... Um, couple of injuries to our big boys didn't help. Um, sadly, big Chris Smith there, he'd done his knee. He'll be out for all the year. And I, Joshy Kerr got hurt too. So, you know, two of the big props going down. Um, obviously, limits you go forward. Um, but I reckon, I reckon, despite us losing, I don't want us to lose, it's what the format needed. A really staunch performance from the Maori team now. You know, it's one all going through to next year. So that's just going to peak the interest once it comes around again. So... Yeah, it was very tough to watch. As yeah, a, a, loss, a loss there, but the Indigenous women picked one up. Yeah, that was that were too good. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty close one. Oh, it was pretty savage too. So they won they won that one 10-4. Uh, the sister there, Nakia Davis-Welsh, she um, had an absolute blinder on the wing. She was terrific, and um, she spent a bit of time out of the game, obviously. She um, had a little baby. But another one I wanted to touch on there is um, it was the final big rep game for my cousin, Rebecca Young. So she's from Newcastle, been a stalwart of um, Women's Rugby League and uh, Women's Rugby Union too. She was a representative rugby union player. Plays in the knockout every year too. Um, she's got a young family, a couple of kids, so good on her. She gets to go out a winner. Hanging up the boots? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they say that. You, know, <laughs> you, never, you never know. They get itchy. I want to see the mixed nines. That would be something. Mm, that'd be a good one. Corey team, Murray team in that. I'll send a memo across to... Uh... Peter Beattie or something. Yeah, yeah you, you won't go too well there. you got to go Peter Vlandis. Beattie's gone. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's gone. There you go. There you go. So we're in Melbourne, so we don't, we're not yeah. paying attention to all that sort of stuff. Oh, this is deadly. I'm keeping up to date with all this NRL <laughs> info. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, uh, Peter Vlandis is on the uh, – he's pretty switched on. Old, old Beattie, he didn't even know where the Sharks were from. Remember that interview there? <laughs> no. Are you no. nice fella? <laughs> he's a lovely fella, Peter. Now, Kerry, one of your favourite moments you told me just before came in the pre-game ceremony. 
the haka and the war cry. What do you reckon? I felt totally emotional. I saw both the women's um, dance, the cultural dance, and the men's cultural dance. Saw the haka it makes me emotional every time. Yeah, almost brings me to yeah, almost brings me to tears because, you know, we don't get to see cultural dancing that often. You know, in a proper way. Mm. You know, so well, I just loved it. I thought it was a beautiful way to kickstart both the women's and the men's. So uh, I thought the women's was beautiful. They were very graceful. They were poised in their dancing, um, and it was just really beautifully choreographed. So it was lovely seeing the difference between the men's and the women's. Yeah. The men were a bit more hardcore. The women were a bit more softer. Hardcore. Yeah. Did you see Adam Blair's effort, Jonan? Oh, the eyes popping out of his head and bouncing around with the hair. coming out everything. Yeah. Oh, mate, it was terrific. But both give mm. me goosebumps. Like, I've always loved watching the Māori hakas and, you know, even the All Blacks when they do kapa o pango. But I just think it's terrific now we have something um, that we can produce every year. Like, the... The scene of all the boys around Latrell and all dropping, leaving him there, standing staunchly um, to represent them. Oh, goosebumps on my legs. I was just wild that I didn't have a game of footy to play sitting in the lounge room because I was that yeah. revved up. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, we've seen the Fox come forward and give a bit of a, a nod to AFL with Nicky Wimmer, the jumper raised, pointing to the skin. That moment for me was uh, almost brought me to tears. Yeah, I, I thought, got a tear too. Yeah, that was just beautiful. That was a real solid Nicky Winmar moment, absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head. I can't add to that. I just, <laughs> it, spine tingling sort of stuff, you know. I was just that proud of him and just that, that proud to be a black fellow when um, Fox did that. And do we know what brother was singing out there that the, the two of them come for? What was his name Tyrone Roberts there? Uh, they speak in their own language. I'm, yep. I'm not I'm not overly sure. That, that's probably a good one to find out. I might have to ask the boys if they're on the show this year. But, yeah, they, they're doing call-outs in their own language, I'm pretty sure. So I, I can yep. sniff that out. No, that yeah. was a good initiative. And uh, what I loved as well was the, um, the dig. It was mic'd up really well, so it just... Blasted out throughout the whole stadium. And that was that. brother Preston Campbell, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, it was, of course, mm. yes. There you go, big start to the game. So this year, the pre-match ceremony went without the inclusion of the anthem. Now, this is not a new issue. It was first. It was the first time that a large organisation like the NRL has listened to what we've been saying about not being represented by the anthem. But there are several things that are patently wrong with Australia's national anthem that you hear repeatedly from blackfellas. Now, the mistaken presumption is that we all have to stand and sing the anthem. Don't have to do that. Well, that's it. And I can uh, be a testament to that. I went to the AFL Indigenous All-Stars game last year and I refused to stand. Everybody else is standing. I kind of felt a bit shame, but I didn't really. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't appreciate what I what I was hearing, and I, I couldn't stand for it, Jack. Yeah. Well, what about the lyric "We are young and free"? Uh, it's been said before that that rejects, minimises, and attempts to erase millennia of our culture and our deep connection to place. And it also the anthem conveniently ignores the ongoing oppression of our peoples, of our mobs. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah, it does. It so squashes it. time into the and it prompts thinking of two hundred years. Yeah, Cody Walker last year, um, he was one of the first. I was. It was one of the several players who refused to sing the anthem in last year's All Stars game. It was down in Melbourne. Uh, he said it just brings back so many memories from what's happened 
in Australia's past. I think it's something that everyone as a group and everyone in Australia needs to work something out. And he said, it does not represent me or my family. And that is pretty much what we hear, not only from Cody Walker, but Anthony Mundine before him and other athletes in other sports that are talking about their issue with the anthem. Now, Cody Walker went on to be one of the players that didn't sing it in the State of Origin game at the opener at Lang Park in Brisbane. And we continually hear, heard again that they found it offensive. Now, the appropriate response, I believe, for the broader nation is to improve its understanding of why and how that continues to be the case and not label these sorts of stands as divisive. Each year or whenever this happens, we see morning television or mainstream TV, uh, mainstream media whip up viewers into a froth and describe these types of refusals as anthem rows and framing blackfellas who take an issue with the anthem as a stereotypical angry raving aborigine. We see outraged anthem fans take to social media uh, with Cody Walker, we've seen the mask for his removal from the team and we've seen the same sorts of uh, language around Latrell Mitchell across the last 12 months. Uh, if only white rage burned as fiercely over the repeated failures to close the gap, Kerry Lee. That's right, Jack. Um, the way mainstream media cover our issues, well, that's an, a whole other story for another day, isn't it? Um, I did actually see something um, from some mainstream uh, commercial coverage, which you're just talking about there, that um, Fatty Vorton came out and um, one of his comments was, who won the dancing competition? Yeah, that's tantamount to laughing when the huck is being performed. Yeah. yeah. Not on. Oh, his exact comments, I should say, and I quote, I love the dancing, who won the dancing contest, quote unquote, from Fatty Vorton, NRL commentator, which certainly aren't very positive comments when you're talking about traditional cultural dance, which should be respected. Yeah, well, again, it's minimising mm -hmm. the whole thing. It's willfully overlooking the refusal of our star athletes. And these stands, they resonate with our mobs around the place. Uh, in my view, again, it's just another symptom of that great Australian silence uh, and other acts of erasure that first began with the Declaration of Terra Nullius. Well, and Jack, just on the, on the anthem too, I think, I think it's common sense that they got rid of the anthem from this game. I mean, in the future, I think it should be gone from State of Origin as well. Um, that's pretty clear. But... I, when when the story first came out that the NRL were going to ditch for this game, I obviously had to go chase some of the brothers to comment about it. And the thing is, it's a hard one for them because they're always going to stand up for their people and speak out about issues. But a couple of them even said, look, I'd love to talk about it, but it takes away the focus of what this week's about. And I think that's so important because there's that many cultural activities and celebration of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander and Māori culture throughout the week and it always gets sidetracked by the anthem chat um, so I just think it's just that terrific that the NRL did stand up and get rid of it now because coming into camp next year there's there's these boys won't even be asked a single question about the anthem so I think that should be commended on that yeah absolutely I agree Take it black. now there was another headline out of the All-Stars event uh, as I mentioned earlier the week leading into the game 
uh, and across the weekend, and even out this side of the this week, uh, was young Quaden Bales, Jordan. You've been working closely with this story for NITV News. Can you give Take It Black listeners a bit of a run through the yarn? Yeah, I can, mate. Um, been working closely on this with you as well. Um, so, basically... Uh, Yarika Bales, Quaden's mother, she went live on Facebook with a video of the effects of um, a bullying incident on Quaden at his Brisbane school last Wednesday. And um, I, I first spoke to her the Thursday, the day after it, and she had no idea um, how widespread this would go. Like, um, she went to bed on the Wednesday night just, you know, after getting some support from her family and people commenting on it. She woke up um, the next day and it was nuclear. It was 5 million views. It was going around the world. So that obviously uh, starts off high media interest in everyone wanting to know everything else about this story. But since it first was released, obviously people were very touched because the content in the video is very confronting about um, the things Quaden's saying, um, uh, speaking um, about uh, committing suicide and things, just a warning to everyone at home um, who hasn't seen it. I won't go into that, but there was an outpouring of goodwill um, after that and everyone with messages of support and, you know, strength for the family and there was a lot of that going on. Then after that, there was a um, there was a GoFundMe set up by American comedian Brad Williams who himself lives with disability. He has the same form of um, dwarfism as Quaden. So he set up a GoFundMe and um, he said, let's send a wonderful kid to Disneyland and he wanted to pay for Quaden and his mother to go over and go to Disneyland, have a great time, put the rest of the money in um, awareness and anti-bullying in, in the United States and Australia. And so that, so that garnered a lot of support and it made a lot of, um, lot of money from donations from people. So at the moment, as we go to air, it's probably up around $700,000 Australian. So... I guess when that money comes into it, then people started to be sceptical. Um, people, obviously, people don't know the family. So yeah. after that, still a lot of messages of support, like uh, big names, Hugh Jackman, James Woods, actors and everyone all coming out, giving their support. Um, and then it did lead to the All-Stars running Quaden out. So that they, they had a great time, the family. I spoke to them after they went to the Gold Coast. They were in camp. Quaden was talking all his heroes. He's got a um, he's got his cousin there, James Roberts, in the team. Oh, it's his uncle, sorry. Um, so he got the rub shoulders with all the boys, and he felt really comfortable, and he was away from all the spotlight, and it was all good. But the thing was, while all that was happening, as we know um, from watching the story, there was some complete rubbish being spread about Quaden and this big smear campaign on social media. So yeah, they were saying he was not who he was claiming to be he was 18 years old was one of the yeah, accusations yeah and this is what really makes me sick because I've, I know I've known the family for five years a lot of other people here where we work NITV known him for longer because there's a long strong history with that family and Quayton's grandfather Tiger Bales was a pioneer of Aboriginal media and mm. activism and of course set up um, Murray Radio and 98.9 and yep, he ran that legend. he ran that until his unfortunate passing um, about five years ago as well so the false information, which which really made me sick, is a is a, a user on social media um, was cropping uh, photos of Quaden, removing context and removing um, the comments of what the picture was actually about, posting them and saying, "Look, everyone, you've been fooled. He's actually 18," yeah. and it quickly got debunked. I mean, um, that that uh, photo was taken at his uh, cousin's 18th birthday earlier this year, but they decided to leave that out. But uh, so many people went and perpetuated. Um, well, then it became a sport itself, didn't it? Oh. The trolling. You had people that didn't really 
care either way, but they were jumping on board with this whole he's he's finessing us or you know he's which is their word and predominantly started in the states, but they were saying that he's defrauding us. Yes, yep, and and that's where it happened. And and quickly these things got debunked, um, like the eighteen year old photo, uh, the talk that he's an actor. Um, when he can clearly go onto his star now profile and see he has zero acting roles on there. Um, aspiring actor, yes, he'd, he'd like to be an actor. He, um, knowing Quaden, he idolises actors and um, hip-hop artists and rappers, so he does emulate those things in his life. But, um, you know, a couple of big leading figures there also had their two cents worth, like, um, retweeting some of these um, old videos. And now, now, the thing is... The, the the original post got debunked very quickly, but off the back of those actions that those people did, it led everyone else to go uh, search for anything they can on the family and and frame it in a specific way. Mm. And because that all started on social, uh, sorry, on on misinformation, on wrong posts, and now it's sort of people are trying to drive home their points now. Or maybe you might have debunked that, but we've got this, we've got that. It's all garbage. But anyway, um, one of the ones that uh, stood out was um, News Corp columnist Miranda Devine. Uh, she retweeted an old video of Quaden, um, and she said some comments to the like of, um, this is really rotten if this was a scam, mm. and which is I just think is, is, is not really right at all because you should, you should really do your research first and get to the bottom of it first before posting something like that. Like, I'd never post anything about Quaden like that. And she also suggested... Uh, he uh, that he was coached in the original in the original video. video. Uh, well, I think that's rotten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's perpetuating the the trolling and the bullying, the online bullying after the fact of being bullying at school, and um, the information was there. Like she's a journalist, you know, that's how she identifies herself. Um, but yet, she did not access any of the information that was readily available that you know, made it clear that this was a legitimate case of being bullied and that, more importantly, uh, Quaden and his mum weren't behind any efforts to make money off it. Yeah, and I mean, um, Miranda did cop a lot of flack for that and she has uh, put out some further tweets um, clarifying some aspects of how she saw, how she went about it and retweeted some positive stories about Quaden after it, but I guess it's up to the viewer. Um, how they see all those things. What about the positives? Yes. Out of it? Yes. So th- I guess the, the big thing is all along, um, Quaden, Quaden's mother, Yarika, all she has wanted out of this is she wants more awareness in schools about people that live with disability. So I, I, I've spoken extensively with her about the initial incident and um, she didn't place any blame on the school. She didn't place any blame on the child that was involved Um in the incident, but she just said more awareness needs to be put in place there. Regular, regular, um, regular updates at the school, assembly addresses, things like that, things in class, because it, it, I'm looking for the word here, not normalise, but we just people need to be aware that there are a lot of kids with disability around, so you can't single them out at all. Now she she reiterated that this this bullying incident was pretty innocuous, but Quaden deals with these for his whole life. It, mm. it builds up, it builds up, it builds up. He's experienced a, uh, a fair few of these over the past three weeks at his school, which is what led her to pulling him from the school. So 
Uh, Miss Bales has met uh, with the school and the education department on Monday, uh, having a bit of a yarn. She said it was pretty positive. Um, they're pretty receptive to the concerns that she raised. Um, she wants she wants to essentially bring about um, an anti-bullying disability awareness package titled Quaden's Law. I'm just still waiting to get more information out um, from her, but she wants to really make change at those levels. Um, so she really reiterates to me, look, it's not about money. It's about really making this change because Quaden wants to go to school like every other young boy and to experience school how every other person does. He doesn't want to cop these little moments where he's singled out because he's living with a disability. So where we're up to at this point, though, Jack uh, and Kerry, is I spoke to uh, Quaden's auntie, like literally an hour ago, Mandanara, and the family, they, they will be turning down the trip to Disneyland that uh, the comedian uh, Brad Williams has funded for. True. Yes, mm. they will be turning that down. Um, she said to me, look, when the family first heard about it at the start, beautiful, kind gesture from Brad. We're all very excited about it. We couldn't, um, you like all the boys and the kids were like, yes, yes, let's go to Sydney Lamb. But the family <laughs> have had a, had a think about it. And they said, look, it's a lovely gesture, but we want all those funds to go to black grassroots charities and towards disability awareness. So that's a pretty strong oh, statement so from the family. Wow. Yep. So Massive. And that's it. And I mean, I won't, I won't get into depth about it, but um, Quaden does struggle with his health. There, there were con- some concerns about him actually flying for longer than two hours. But as I understand it, he got the all clear. He would have been able to go if they wanted to. But they said no. This is this is how we want to go about things. There's a lot big, big, lot bigger things at play here than a trip to Disneyland to make um to make Quaden happy. And that's how they want to go about it. Yeah, nice. Look, how's the family holding up with all the noise? I understand that a lot of media's camped out and uh, trying to get them to, you know, to get the exclusive of these stories. Are they holding up all right? Mate, they are, surprisingly. Um, as you can imagine, the spotlight is tremendous. She said, um, Yarika, I mean, there's, there's packs waiting outside um, the complex they live in daily and they're continually having to dodge them. She's um, a, bit, a, a bit stressed by it, but they say behind closed doors... We're just the same family. We're the same family. Sadly, though, it does have to alter their behaviour and how they live their life outside of those walls. I mean, fingers crossed it won't um, continue. But, um, yeah, they, they actually had a pretty stressful incident last night where they uh, had the police involved. Um, and, and it just rega- regarded to invasions of privacy. Is this trying privacy. to remove media away yeah, from them? Yeah, yeah. It re- regarded um, invasions of privacy, not necessarily threats on safety. So... Just invasion of privacy, people trying to get whatever they can out of them and photographs of young Quaden um, inside his, the place he lives and things like that. So, But they, they reiterated um, as well when I talked to Mandanara, um, people's like, they said, look, we're very strong people. We were raised by that very strong man, Tiger. He instilled strength. We, we are going to get through this. Um, it might take a little bit longer, but, you know, it, it will blow over hopefully. And um, they just want to make sure that... Um, uh, everyone can hear their messages of what they want is that, you know, we need to make change at the grassroots in regards to um, children living with disability. Mm. And we've seen this sort of behaviour from media before in terms of their coverage on elements of racism, Kerry Lee. 
Absolutely. It happens all the time. It just goes to show again and again. They just don't get us as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. They don't get our histories and they certainly do not get our current place as we stand across the Australian landscape. Mm. Yeah, and it's, we're seeing a really similar dynamic, Jordan, in play with the coverage of Latrell Mitchell's contract saga over the summer. Yeah, that's right. Um, God, that's another one that just drained me. I mean, everyone obviously knows how everything played out with Latrell. Like, you know, re- rejected the extension from the Chooks last year. Everyone was saying, oh, you want more money, want more money. Tall poppy thing. Yeah. Is that going on here with a racial I, element? I, I think so. I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's just tall poppy, you know, like... What we know now is he's not all about money. Mm-hmm. He's at a place he's happy. I'm not. I'm not saying anything against the Roosters. Like he, he had a terrific time there. I just think he's more comfortable now playing at South Sydney, surrounded by plenty of brothers playing for South, and he's happy there amongst um, you know some of his closest friends. But just the coverage, I guess, um, mm. absolutely oh. monstrous magnitude. Like every single snippet of everything was just amplified. He couldn't even go home, eh? He couldn't even go oh. home without it being interpreted in some sort of negative light. Yeah, just um, I, I God, I'd love to run a search on how many articles on Latrell Mitchell um, would be, you know, would have ran over the summer. It's... Well, the one that got me was when he was driving some like a mate's car, and I don't know what model it was, BMW, Mercedes, or something like that. And then that was the way that was represented in uh, in. City media um, was that he shouldn't have been driving it, or that he um, he wanted all this money because he had a, a taste or an appetite for expensive vehicles or something, and he borrowed the car from a mate. Yeah, that, that that's right. And I mean, you know, <laughs> oh, I, I just I can't fathom it. You know, I mean, it's almost that preposterous. I don't want to go with it and just have to bat for him. But you know, Latrell, he said all along, you know. He was weathering the storm okay. He was doing okay. But he was disappointed that it was affecting his family and he saw his mother so upset. So that was the big one for him. But, I mean, it's 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 done now. He's at South. Um, the, the details of his contract are out there. You know, he's not on massive money. He will get a bump. He's, he's moved to a new position. He's comfortable. He's getting co-managed now by two very smart black businessmen. So he's in a really good place. I just hope that, I guess, that storm's behind him and it's not ongoing for his whole career because he chooses to stand up for what he believes in. Yeah, and he's got, this, as you said, the support of some brother boys around him in Dane Gagai, Cody Walker, um, James Roberts. Who else are there? Oh, he's got plenty. You've got Braden Burns there, Alex Johnson. I mean, all the all the back line of Blackfellas, I'm pretty sure, except Adam Reynolds and the winger. So yeah, right. plenty of brothers there, but just they're, they're, they're having a great time. There's, you know, a, a good vibe there in South amongst all the blood, brothers, you know. Wouldn't be surprised they play some knockout footy this year. Wayne Bennett might be um, reining him in a bit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, watch this space. I reckon they'll um, they'll try and sneak a, uh, a certain uh, Melbourne Storm player in there next year, I reckon. Yeah, they'll have a crack at him. And, look, I'd be happy to see the Fox go up there, uh, join the Bunnies. Um, it's just, what are we going to get back down here? The Storm needs somebody that's the equivalent, if not faster. That's what we need down here, Kerry Lee. Look, do we see the same things or the same sorts of coverage for Indigenous players in the AFL in some of the issues and events that, that they face? I think what you brothers have just been talking about there, absolutely. And I'm just reminded of uh, the Adam Goods documentary, The Australian Dream. Look at what Adam Goods had to suffer and endure at 
the end of his career and ended up leaving football. And I'm sure the mainstream media did not help that situation. Yeah, well, mm. it's, we, again, that movie came out and the other Adam Goods one, which the final quarter, I think it was called. And yes. again, like this was a couple of years ago. And with Luttrell saga across the summer and a little bit before even around the state of origin period last year we've seen the same mistakes being made by mainstream media coverage of it it was almost as though they hadn't paid any attention to the adam goods effect and that we lost this amazing player before he was ready to retire and like I said before, it just goes to show that our mainstream media just do not get us, our issues, our stories, our place in society. They just don't get it. Tend to agree, tend to agree. Nail well, it. Full-time siren is about to sound, so let's wrap this up. Jodan, just remind the keen dot viewers when they can expect to see the show again and what's in store this year. Yes, okay. They can expect to see it on the 17th of March. Um, there'll be plenty involved in that show. All our regular panellists will be there. We'll, uh, we'll have a lot of content from the All-Stars. Uh, I think maybe they filmed a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, kicking back with the boys and seeing how the, um, the week played out. New segments, Hot Dot with Bo feeding some of the boys' chilies to see if they can keep answering uh, hot questions as it happens. Plenty of knockout chat as always. We love slinging around knockout rumours. Uh, the people love it. And just our unique uh, perspective on all things rugby league. And I guess I'll slip some real dry jokes in there too, try and get a couple of laughs. But um, show one, we're pushing really hard to try and get Latrell Mitchell on there. So hopefully we'll yeah, get him. Nice, nice. Well, it's been great to have you on Take It Black for the first time, my brother. And I'm looking forward to my reciprocating invitation to join the dot panel in yeah. the coming months. It's in the mail. Yeah, yeah. You need someone like me. You need a Melbourne Storm correspondent. Yeah, true. We'll true be that. We'll be dominating the competition, Kerry Lee, so they need something from us just to let them know how the game's played and whatnot. And talking about dominating the competition, um, Joden spoke earlier in this podcast about the tradition of rugby league across our communities in New South Wales and Queensland. And I just wanted to take a small moment to pay respect to Frank Fisher Sr. from Sherberg, who was actually Cathy Freeman's paternal grandfather and he's uh, one of the biggest players to come out of Queensland. He was known as uh, Big Shot Fisher or also known as the King on the field. Born in Townsville back in 1905 and the Sherberg Magpies back in the day in the 1930s wore green and yellow colours which is pretty deadly. He yeah. did in fact make it to uh, the Australian team. He was offered a contract to play over in England as well but he was denied that opportunity because of the uh, act that was in place, the Aboriginals Protection and Restriction of Sale of Opium Act of 1897. Yeah. In 2010, Frank Fisher, Cathy Freeman's grandfather of course, was named as a member of the Australian Rugby League's Indigenous Team of the century. So oh, there brilliant. you go. How remarkable that his granddaughter went on to do brilliant things all around the world. Yeah, and again, you can see, which is pretty much the theme that was going through this episode, how sport and politics are woven together so closely for blackfellas in this in this country. That's right. Historically, right through to this day and time, Jack. Always Lee will thinks, be. Yeah, always will be. Kerry Lee, thanks again for pulling on a Guernsey this week. Thanks for having me back. I'll take it black. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Take It Black will celebrate International Women's Day with an episode led by Ray Johnson. She's back off the bench. Uh, Nat Armat's going to join her. Going to join her. Carla Grant um, as well. Potentially Rachel Hocking. 
Uh, Kerry Lee, you might get another run for a third straight week. I'd love to come back if you need me. That'll be good. Yeah, but until then, peoples, just remember, subscribe to Take It Black on your preferred podcast listening app. And please keep the Take It Black conversation going by throwing us a follow on Twitter and using the hashtag Take It Black in all your tweets. And until next week, remember, come on, Jordan, my brother. Yeah, take it black there, sis. Only way to have it. Oh, I